Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Right Side with Doug Billings. Thank you very much indeed for listening to the podcast. We are on all of the major podcast platforms in the world. Make sure that you please search us out, uh, as you obviously already have. Share the program with your friends and family. We need to make sure that the conservative message of the program reaches as many people as possible. So we appreciate that very much. Also, consider being a sponsor of the program. Head over to the GoFundMe page, The Right Side with Doug Billings, and consider being a weekly or monthly sponsor. We would appreciate that as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, today, February 1st, 2021, the first day of Black History Month, and it was just uh, released in the news today that there are some politicians that are going to try to make a certain day in February. I don't know which one yet, but they're going to designate a day in February as Donald Trump Day, President Donald Trump Day. Full supporter of that, by the way, I am, and couldn't be uh, couldn't be in a better month. February, good old February, and President Donald Trump sometime, uh, hopefully in the near future, will get his own special day in February. Uh, Also going on in the news, San Francisco and the San Francisco School Board with uh, as related to the cancellation of our culture and our history, ladies and gentlemen. Now, from the files of you can't make this stuff up comes the story here whereby the San Francisco Board of Education. Now, this is this is in Nancy Pelosi's district, ladies and gentlemen. They have voted to cancel George Washington and Abraham Lincoln and others, and I'll get to them in a minute, from being not only taught in schools, but schools named after them. So no more George Washington high schools or Abraham Lincoln grade schools. No, no, no. We're going to cancel them because, you know, we we live in these kinds of cancel culture times. Uh, Other people, George and, and Abe weren't the only ones. Francis Scott Key. For those of you who live in Raytown, Missouri, he's the guy who wrote the words to the United States National Anthem. (laughs) Former Presidents William McKinley, James Garfield, James Monroe, Herbert Hoover, all being taken off the names of schools. And then we have Paul Revere, the famous Revolutionary War hero. His name is no longer wanted. And then we have Robert Louis Stevenson, who was actually from Scotland, a Scotsman, he wrote Treasure Island, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and several other several other works of literature. Now, that's not a very good Scottish accent. And my friend R. Kelly, who listens to us as he says, or she does, from Bonnie, Scotland. <laughs> R. R. Carter uh, from Scotland. Thank you, sir, ma'am, for listening uh, to the program. Cheers to Scotland. Want to get over there one day. I want a kilt in my Billings family name. All right. But the left has now decided that they want to cancel uh, political figures, human beings in general, because uh, it assumes, or I assume, that we have, they have flaws and imperfections that have to be erased, you know, slavery or so forth, you know, where Abraham Lincoln was hard on and uh, did damage to the Native American Indian population, whatever, which is all ridiculous because everyone is, of course, flawed. We can't just erase culture and people from it because they were flawed. We are all flawed. Hello. We've got to look at the lives of the founders in their totality, not just judge them, who lived, by the way, centuries ago by the social standards of our time. Crazy. 
We will not and we cannot judge people that lived centuries ago by the standards of our time today because the cost. Oh, this is this is what I, I'm reading here on the on the Web right now as, I, as I'm speaking to you. The cost of renaming these schools. All right. They're going to rename the schools and it's going to cost four hundred thousand dollars, which begs the question, how many computers, how much sports equipment, theater props, textbooks, whatever, how much would that money buy? Well, ladies and gentlemen, in reality, this is all linked to the information we as a society decide to share and teach. It's becoming more evident every day that big tech corporations and liberal you know, teachers unions and school boards are in charge of information dispensing around the world. This is not just an American problem. So I want to talk a little bit about big tech, traditional family values and natural law today. And if you are still one of the people who think that big tech companies like Facebook or Twitter are just, you know, simply, quote, social media platforms where all you do is share family photos, you know, of, of your weekend trip or pictures of your dinner, which, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, it, your pictures of your dinner or your lunch never look delicious when you post them online. So stop do us all a favor. Stop taking pictures of your food, no matter how much effort went into it or how special the meal is or what its preparation was or how good you think it is. Because to the world, your iPhone picture of your food looks disgusting, ladies and gentlemen. It's my job to give you the hard, cold truth of it all in life. And that's one of the hard truths of life. Ah, but if you if you think that those platforms are only a place to keep in touch with friends and to share holiday greetings, you know, wish your mom a happy Mother's Day. And and if you think that's where you are the first to post about the death of a celebrity, <laughs> you're not thinking clearly. Okay? These are spy companies, and they are spying on you. And they are more powerful in many ways than your own government, no matter in which country you live, because they, the the social media companies, the big tech companies, they're more powerful because they're not accountable to anybody. You can't vote them out of office. You can't win an appeal if you don't like what Facebook puts you in Facebook jail for. There's no big tech bill of rights, right? And this is the most basic of all threats, really, the control of information. If you're not allowed to know about something, or if you're not allowed to fully understand something, if you're not given the information required for you to even begin to think about something, then you can be controlled, you see. And that's what they're out to do. And that's why our First Amendment to the Constitution in America is so crucial. It protects us and the press, by the way, and it allows freedom of information and speech. Of course, on social media platforms, freedom of speech does not exist. It's up to us to decipher which of the media outlets, in other words, quote unquote, the press, are honest ones and which ones are trying to deconstruct or which ones are trying to recreate the truth into something that fits their narrative and their agenda. In my opinion, Google is the most powerful company in the history of this planet, ladies and gentlemen, because they control our access to information. And 
we should all be philosophically against any and all conglomeration of such power by by any company, not to come down just on Google, but by any company. And and do you know what else, ladies and gentlemen? This is a reminder that it's not necessarily the big things in life that we should focus on, right? The big tech companies, the sharing of worldwide information. It's the little things. And this is what conservative values do best. It, we look at our own lives. One of the things I like best about the conservative approach to life, both from a political and a personal perspective, is that the conservative approach focuses on the improvement of the individual. The individual. Individual improvement as the key by which to improve society. You see, we on the right side correctly focus on becoming the best versions of ourselves first, whether that's through education, reflection, sports, keeping in shape, journaling, prayer, etc., all those things, and more. And we focus on helping our children become better through those same avenues. The other day, I did a show on the lies of the 1619 Project and its attempt to erase the truth of America's founding. That's how we, as conservative conservative people improve our individual selves. We refuse the lies and we dig for the truth. And in so doing, our individuality becomes better. Our personhood becomes better. Therefore, so does our society. The radical left's view of, quote, improving society is by thrusting their politics upon us. Think about that. They will endeavor to force us to believe in what they do. And if we don't, we're labeled as racist or white supremacists or Uncle Toms, and they attempt to cancel us and our opinions from the public square. I mean, you can take this a step further with me, right? What What's really at the heart of our lives here, as far as I'm concerned? After faith in God and his role in it, I would success, uh, suggest to you that it's the way that you engage in relationships and how you live your life that's important. I mean, are you honorable? Are you in pursuit of a moral life? Do you put others first? Are you a servant leader in the context of your family? I think that's where most conservatives align, and if given proper context to frame it, most of us would agree with that. Because I can tell you that on on your deathbed, you're not going to be worrying about whether or not Google controls too much information, or if you're in Facebook jail, or if YouTube is going to censor you. We're going to be thinking about our family legacy, our kids, our spouses, our friends, and the impacts of all of those who have had a, uh, all of them that have had on our lives. Hopefully, in in the midst of our current life today, we've contemplated God. We've contemplated His kingdom and the afterlife of heaven, and how we build relationships with Jesus now in order to achieve the rewards of all of that. It's the conservative approach of development of the individual in all of these things that leads to better societies. So one of my pleas to the Republican Party, please, GOP, political party in America, and conservatives around the world, is that they stop being shills to big corporations. Quit being submissive to the deep state and to globalism. 
Now, there's no room in America, at least, for a viable third party. So I'm left with the Republican Party as the conservative party in America. But it had better heed this advice. Return to the focus of individuals. Return to local concerns and stop the globalist approach. And again, this could apply to conservative leaderships in any of the countries where people watch and listen to the show. And Republicans would be wise to stop the war against people and start focusing on how to reduce and stop the elimination of the individual and begin to enhance the individual first before corporations, beginning at our core, which is, of course, life. We have right now a war on gender roles, for example, and of life with abortion. There are two specific areas that Republicans and conservatives had better start to confront more, much more so than they're doing right now. There's an all-out attack on you ladies out there and women's rights, an attack in sports today because the narrative of the left deems it acceptable for transgender men to compete against naturally born women. This does nothing, ladies and gentlemen, to improve anybody's individuality. Yet the left, by far, by the way, in the minority on this topic, if you were to poll most people throughout the world, all of us, almost all of us, would be against this entire transgender men can now compete in women's sports baloney. But the left and their narrative has been captured, and they, or they rather, they've captured the narrative. And if we conservative voices don't rise up to opposition to that narrative, we're condemned, and we're silenced. By the way, and we're canceled if we if we dare to rise up against that. But if we don't, we're condemned to losing the battle. We've got to speak up, no matter the risk of being silenced or canceled. The same is true for abortion. The ending of life, any life, is never more thoroughly demolished than when someone says, it's my body and my choice, therefore I can end this pregnancy. That is a sentence that is absolutely wrecks and is devoid of human dignity. The only sin graver than that is to disavow a relationship with God himself. Take a look at the my body, my choice logic and apply it to anybody who demands that you take a vaccine for anything. The recipe for successful societies isn't complicated, ladies and gentlemen. Basically, I think it boils down to five things. A relationship with God, number one. Number two, a true value of all human life. Number three, traditional family values. And number four, the pursuit of and telling of the truth. And five, service to others. So I call it servant leadership. It's really that simple. So it's no surprise that the left and big corporations fund organizations like Black Lives Matter, which is an organization that actively and openly calls for the elimination of the traditional family. Because to big tech and to the commie socialists out there, human relationships are an impediment to their agenda. How does the elimination of the traditional family empower black people? Or any people. It doesn't. 
And you can see evidence of that in the news every day that you turn on a television or listen to the radio. Evidence of the obvious is sufficient. Destroying traditional family values is exactly why we're in the predicament we are today. The reason there's so much violence in black America and in white America and around the world, wherever you live, in whichever country, the reason for our decline in society is precisely because of the decline and elimination of traditional family values. Ladies and gentlemen, our families are the remedy to the decline of society. We on the right side take the time, at least we'd better take the time, to bolster our families, to teach determined prayer and determined patriotism, to tell and to teach the truth about history. We teach to love unconditionally, and we know At least I know that when I look at my own life, I can talk about all of these values and all of these improvements that we should make as individuals and talk a good game, but I can tell you right now, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, if God were to come down here to earth today and tell us to form a line according to how many of us have made mistakes in this life, I, Doug Billings, I would be first in that line, ladies and gentlemen. One of the things many people do wrong is that they assume that the mistakes people have made in life somehow prevent them from ever making a positive contribution again to society or to the lives of their family, uh, ever. And it's, it's, that's a mistake. In other words, people don't forgive as much as they should. And the two most important virtues in in all of humanity are love and forgiveness, in that order. Love is clearly the most important of all of the virtues. And then there's forgiveness at number two. No, just a smidgen less important. But here is a simple and real truth. Loving is easy, right? Especially when we're loved in return. Loving is easy. Forgiveness, not so much. But I'll tell you this. Love the most important of all of the virtues that we human beings have, cannot survive without the virtue of forgiveness. And if you can't forgive anyone, you'll never be able to truly love anyone else. And no one is perfect. President Trump was not perfect, but I believe that he was called by God to be president during these times and for these issues. Lord knows I'm not perfect. As I look at the United States and the world and the direction that it's heading, I can't remain in corporate America and say nothing. So here I am, having left corporate America, speaking to you good people who are all around the world, all around the planet, about how I think we should fix and course correct our societies with a focus on the individual and traditional family values. In all of this, what we as conservatives are facing it's, a, it's really a war on the natural order of things as created by God. You know, the natural rules of things that were here long before our arrival, and they interact with us today, the natural law. The Founding Fathers looked at it as a very real concept, the Founding Fathers of America, and one, one about which they contemplated all of the time. It was and is the divine providence of God himself, 
the natural law, a power greater than, than us and more wonderful than any of us can imagine. And some on the left can't handle that because there can be nothing in their narrative more powerful or more important than the state. That's why they attack women's rights by allowing for transgenderism. They believe that by surgery or by taking hormones that someone who was born a man can change into a woman. That's just not true. No amount of surgery, no amount of hormones can change the gender of someone's soul, the way they were born. And the only way that they get to that point is to deny the existence of a soul and thereby deny natural law. The left wants to control gender identity and think they can change your God-given gender identity by surgery, hormones, or just simply by the narrative. But they can't. In the end, really, ladies and gentlemen, we can't beat natural law. Ponder why. I mean, since the dawn of time, the traditional family emerged from the evolution of human beings all over the planet. It emerged, the family unit. Just maybe that's because it's the way it's intended to be. Why do men have a certain set of attributes and weaknesses that are counterbalanced by the strengths and weaknesses of women? Because that's the way it's supposed to be. Maybe we'd be better off contemplating natural law and things such as that and giving ourselves permission to seek to understand all of that and embrace it rather than trying to surgically change or politically change it. I mean, maybe we should reset, really. That's what we need, the great reset, and embrace traditional family values. Maybe before we destroy or cancel history, we should consider the consequences of doing that. And you don't have to look long or hard to see the consequences, ladies and gentlemen. They are all around us. Those who participated in the riots, the looting, the arson, and the anarchy last summer, last year in America, are products of the destruction of traditional family values. Those who would assault and demand defunding of police and law enforcement officers wherever they are around the world are the result of the abandonment of the traditions of order and traditional family values, and the consequences are available for you to see in full color. More, more evidence, the spike of drug addiction, suicide, loneliness, divorce, depression, etc., all because we have abandoned natural law and God's intent. You see, when, you, when you've got a traditional family and traditional family values, your loyalty is to your family. And it becomes very difficult then for the radical left to control that. You want what's best for yourself and your family when you're, when you're properly aligned with traditional family values. When you're aligned with the, le- with, with the left, you surrender that to the state. Well, I don't have to do anything. The state will give me free stuff. The state is going to pay my college education. The state is going to give me this and that. I can just sit at home and make $2,000 a month for doing nothing. There's no human dignity in that because it's not having anything to do with traditional family values. It also includes, by the way, hard, honest work. In America, the Republican Party had better get itself together and realigned 
with traditional conservatism. I mean, it's not difficult, GOP. If you're out there, Rona McDaniel, come on. Belief in God, duty to family, loyalty to country. That's it. Take the big corporations out of the mix, Republicans. Big corporations are not on our side in most cases. You know, when I was in corporate America, ladies and gentlemen, I was in human resources. I was a human resource executive and spent a lot of my time trying to convince the quote-unquote leaders within companies to stop prioritizing the goals of the company with a pursuit of numbers. They wanted to chase metrics, right? They're their holy grail, metrics and key performance indicators, those KPIs. And they wanted to pursue earnings before income and tax, you know, EBITDA, blah, blah, blah. Stop it. I would say stop chasing those numbers. And all of you in business would be do well, I think, to, to listen. Because in the final analysis, those numbers that businesses and corporations are chasing are not related at all to the success of their company. What business leaders and what we all, all of us, should be doing around the world are pursuing relationships with other human beings. I would tell leaders that unless you begin to develop meaningful relationships with your employees, these sacred numbers that you're chasing will always elude you, and you'll never become a world-class organization because your pursuit is not properly focused. But once, but once you have personal relationships, once those are achieved, your numbers that you're chasing and metrics and KPIs will improve beyond what you could possibly imagine. People aren't going to go down the street for more money, or at least not most people, when they have a personal relationship with the people with whom they work because they know that money can't buy that. And there's a lesson there for all of us. Relationships, human relationships matter. Traditional family relationships matter. It's all true, not only in business, but in our personal, private lives. Relationships with God first and with our families and each other next. Think about all of that and believe in that. Ponder it. Because all of those things are part of the blessings that you have on your back, ladies and gentlemen. And you have abundant blessings out there. And I know that we can become troubled when we look at the world and what's going on in it with regards to the news and politics and so forth and so on. Hold on tight to your family values. Hold on tight to teaching the truth about history. Believe in God. March forward with determined prayer for this country and the world for conservative values to prevail, for the will of God to prevail. We may be tested as we are now, but at the end, we'll be better for it, having pondered all of these things. And we believe finally that it's our individuality that we have to improve before society will improve. We become the best versions of ourselves as individuals, and the results are an improved society. It's not how the left would have it done, by thrusting their politics upon us. We are blessed, and we are fortunate to be on the right side of things. The conservative message is an important one. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for listening to the podcast. I appreciate you deeply and truly. Please consider stopping over on the GoFundMe page and becoming a sponsor of the program. We will meet again right here. Do please count your blessings. Pursue 
determined prayer and determined patriotism no matter where you are. And we will meet again right here on The Right Side with Doug Billings. Cheers.